had a plan, God. You've always had a plan. can have a seat. Worship team, thank you very much. Yeah, you can, you can clap. It's okay. It's all good. Yeah. I need to open this. And let's build it. Fantastic. I even wore a white shirt. Well, I'm excited uh, to stand here in front of y'all and, uh, and give you a word from the Lord. Um, first, I believe we're going to take up the offering before I forget. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this mic here. The gain's a little high. I hear the ringing. Uh, and I'll hopefully I can not do what Andy does. And... Uh, <laughs> I think uh, my mother-in-law is going to come and pray over the offering again. I just want to let her know that however long you speak up here takes away from me speaking, so. (laughs) Thank you. Praise the Lord. Bless him, Lord. Praise God. Um, Yep. No, you make me lost my train of thought. (laughs) Praise God. Um, So today, um, what the Lord was speaking about... I felt this morning, I was asking the Lord, what is it that you'd like me to say, Lord? And um, the, what came to me was uh, about our missionaries and our missions that we have to give to, to something not for us to forget, you know, like the Bible says in Proverbs nineteen seventeen, he says, when we give to the poor, we're lending to God. So don't forget that, like, and the Lord will repay us, it says. I think about this weekend, I was just looking at... Um, Abraham, and Abraham had four gates on his place where he lives, and they were open to people that was coming in, you know, like, come on in, come out of the sun, here, have something to eat, and he also shared the word of God. So he, the Bible says in Galatians 3.29 that we are Abraham's seed, and we are heir to the blessing, and we should do what Abraham does, which is like he's blessed to be a blessing. Amen. So praise God as you prepare your tithes, your offering, and your almsgiving, that God will just, uh, you know, provide for you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So Father, we just thank you for opportunities to again sow into the kingdom of God. And we give you all the praise for the blessing upon it that all this church need will be met above and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Mom. Thirsty. All right, I got a couple announcements before I get into what we're going to talk about. Next week, uh, if you haven't started this uh, Life Journal, we are going to, I think I have a slide, Hannah. Uh, We're going to start this collectively next week. Um, If you don't have one of these, I think Pastor Andy might have a few in the back. They are $20 each, money well worth it. Um, It will Uh, bring you closer to God. You will learn to hear his voice better. It's going to be a good time for our church. Um, We're going to get free, people. Uh, It's going to stretch you, I'll tell you this. I, like Pastor Jason, hate journaling. I hate it. It's the worst. I had to do it in Bible college, and I nearly failed the class because I just, I hated it so much. Uh, but last year, um, because uh, I'm, I'm wiser now, you see all this gray hair, uh, I'm wiser than I was back then. Journaling is, uh, is a good step towards getting closer with God. Um, and it's going to stretch you. It's going to take you out of your comfort zone. It's going to help you realize yourself better as you're more honest uh, it's got, like, daily questions. Uh, you're going to have to exegete scripture 
big word there, eh? That's a Bible college word. I almost forgot about it. Um, and you're going to have to pray. And you're going to have to read the word of God on a daily basis. And that's how you get closer to God. That's how you hear him, is when you read his word. Uh, so it's going to be good. I'm excited for it. Uh, if you guys put the work in, it's going to be powerful. Uh, I have no doubt about it. Uh, so that's that. Uh, there's a women's Bible study, I said sturdy, but Bible study starts tomorrow night at 7 p.m. here. Uh, and it's about, uh, there's books as well. She doesn't have, Tracy doesn't have any more, but you can still get them uh, because we have Amazon. And uh, I think there's still chapters running around somewhere. Uh, the title is Jesus and Women. Sorry, guys. Can't do it. Jesus is the only guy uh, allowed there. All right, that's it. No more announcements. Fine. I'll just get into it then. Uh, we're starting our Easter series. It's that time of year already. Can you believe it? Um, uh, I've titled this uh, Easter Series Primer. It's the first one. It's going to set the stage for the next four weeks leading up to Easter. Uh, we have a video package that we're going to look at each week. And each week we're going to see a different perspective of uh, people who lived the time with Jesus, experienced the crucifixion, his resurrection, and we're going to hear from them what... Uh, they experienced and how they see Jesus now. So it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, the videos are by the skit guys. Um, some of them are funny. I, I find that older people think they're more funny than the younger people do, but that's okay. Uh, they're still good. I actually, when I first saw them all, I was all like, oh my goodness. But after, uh, after watching it a few times, uh, they're actually quite good if you let them speak to you. Uh, so this Easter, when we come to Easter, what do we focus on? You can talk, it's okay. The resurrection, what else do we? The crucifixion, the cross, okay? That's the main uh, thing we focus on during the Easter time. Uh, we think of the cross, we always look to the cross and what Jesus did on the cross, and it's just all about the cross. Uh, and that is, uh, that's perfect. That's awesome. Uh, but there's more to it than just the cross. When we focus on the cross, that's all we're going to see. It's more about that. It's about, uh, there's a bigger picture behind it. Uh, something that God has planned since the very beginning of time. Um, it's about uh, Jesus. It's about his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, what it did for us. Um, and how he reunited our relationship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. That, you know that song? Reunited and it feels so good. Mm. Oh, come on, people. No, I can't. I actually don't know the rest of the song, so I'll just repeat that line over and over and over again. So there's a few things that I'm going to talk about today. Um, uh, priming this whole perspective idea. And I'm going to say the word perspective a whole lot. So if you want to tally it, you can do that. And there's no prize. It's just something, if you get bored, you can just do that. Okay? Uh, there's going to be a lot of synonyms about the word perspective. Uh, I'm going to try to throw in there just to confuse you a bit. And, um, uh, and that's, that's how I'm going to go about it. Uh, we all have different perspectives, right? We've all lived different lives. We've grown up differently. We've went to different schools. We've, uh, our, our home experience is different than others. And everything that we've experienced in life uh, is how we see, uh, is how we perceive the world. Uh, it's very unique uh, to each person. 
uh, our perspectives are unique as individuals. We have, we may have similar viewpoints, like we all believe in God, uh, but how we believe in God may be different. Uh, we can certainly agree on things, and we might even disagree on things, uh, but in the end, we all how we see the world is different for each one of us, right? You guys can talk a little bit because you're kind of freaking me out. Um, I said about the side man. There's going to be a lot of things. Okay. When I was thinking about this idea of perspective, it drew me to, to our eyes and, uh, and just the miracle that our eyes are in our human body and how God designed us. If you've ever thought about how your eyeballs work, uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, we're not... Not one eye is, well, this eye and this eye might be the same, but my eyes are different than yours. You're unique. They're like our fingerprints. Um, I've already lost my spot. Oh, my gosh. I know that eyeball is not the technical term. Um, and sometimes, uh, but just bear with me. Sometimes when I think about how God created us, and the miracle of our bodies, I can't wrap my head around the eyes. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have perfect 2020 vision. I've been to the optometrist. He said, what are you doing here? You have textbook eyes. Get out of here. He wouldn't even give me like a cheap sunglasses with just a minor uh, prescription on them so I didn't have to pay a lot for some expensive sunglasses. And I can boast about my eyes because God created my eyes. And as we know from 2 Corinthians, it says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So there, I have perfect 2020 vision, folks. <laughs> Sorry if you don't. Anyways, uh, at some point in our womb, or in my mother's womb, uh, this miraculous little cutting device came across our little infant bodies and cut two slits uh, and then disappeared. It's crazy. doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then for the first time, we saw. And then at some point, uh, a million different uh, little connections from your eyeballs left, and then uh, they met a million different connections from your brain, and then they all met and intertwined together perfectly. Crazy. How does, it, how does it happen? We can't recreate it. It's just amazing. What a miracle creation is. And at that point, we begin to perceive, well, maybe not in our womb, but when we grew up, we begin to perceive uh, what we see and what we hear and what we smell and what we taste and those senses create our perception of life. And it grows and it moves and it gets bigger and it changes and changes and changes and changes. Uh, we're very, very unique in that sense. And the more we experience and live out our lives, uh, it changes how we see the world, how we believe, how we connect with others. Uh, it even changes our view of God. When I, first mess, when, I, when I first met my wife, Patricia, uh, she changed a lot of my perspectives. Uh, <laughs> Richard already laughed. I was already going to talk to him about this. He already knows where I'm going with this. Most girls do, right? Uh, <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Trisha's life was very different from mine. Uh, her, her family didn't grow up. Uh, in the church. Uh, my family did. My parents were pastors. Uh, so how I perceived life was very different from her. And it kind of, when we first started dating and we started talking and we learned each other's stories, my perception about life changed. Um, and it changed for the better. Yeah. <laughs> Whew, I, almost, I almost didn't say that. <laughs> I learned uh, from her, and she learned from me. Uh, I learned, 
She learned from me that I'm wrong most of the time. Uh, and when we had Bible studies with other church members, uh, and I got to hear their interpretation of Scripture and how they uh, hear and see and, and read the Word of God and their different opinion and their different point of view. And it, it helped change and define my opinion and point of view. Uh, we got to be open to that. We, we can't just think that our way is the right way. We can't be stubborn. We can't be set in our ways. we got to be able to be teachable. We have to, or else you're not going to go where God wants you to go. All of uh, a different opinion might not be the right opinion, as we know, right? We hear bad opinions uh, and, and negative thoughts all the time. Uh, and those aren't bad things to have around you. They just shape uh, your perspective. Uh, they make you know that your ways of viewing may be more right. Or they might be that you're thinking wrong all along. This Easter, does that, does that make sense with everybody? Yeah. Do you all know where I'm going with this? Yeah. I know it's kind of like high school teaching, but uh, sometimes we forget about the simplest things in life. Um, this Easter, we're going to be looking at the cross. Every year it's the same. We always look to the cross. We always look at what Jesus did on the cross for us, and we look to the resurrection, and we look to the ascension of Christ, and then we look to him coming back. And he's coming back, right? Y'all can get excited. I don't know why I keep saying y'all. Not American at all. I guess it's for Holly. And we're going to look at Jesus' life uh, and the different perspectives of the people who were there when it happened, how they saw it unfold, and how it changed their lives as it does ours. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we glorify your name today. We give you praise. You're so good. You have a perfect plan for us, one that isn't about failure or redemption. It's not about faith and doubt. It's not about right and wrong, holy and unholy, humility and pride, love and hate, good and evil. Your plan from the very beginning is to be in relationship with us. It's to share in the perfect union of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This Easter, God wants you to see the bigger picture. Not just focus on the cross, not just focus on uh, the incarnation of Jesus, not just focus on the baptism of the Spirit, as we read in the book of Acts. Um, and I'm not, by saying that, I'm not belittling the cross. I'm not belittling uh, the incarnation or those who lived in the Old Testament, uh, Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. I'm not belittling those. Those things have a place in the plan, and they're all good. I could preach uh, a lot about the cross. I could preach a lot about the Holy Spirit. Uh, but today, God wants to focus on the bigger picture. Um, we don't just want to look at one thing, but we want to grasp it all as a whole. I've heard this, uh, I've seen a video of Francis Chan, Andy, shout out to you. Um, and his, oh, this is heavy. Uh, and his little, uh, he has an illustration of uh, how eternity looks and how we see it uh, in, um, in parallel to our time here on earth. So we have this, I might make a mess. This, oh, he had a headset, I didn't. This is... This whole extension cord that I grabbed is eternity. Okay? Can you see it? It's orange. All right? And this little bit here at the end, this isn't just our lives, like the 38 years that I've had or the, for the older people, double that. <laughs> uh, but this little covered black spot depicts all of 
the time from creation until now, or until we die, okay? This is where we tend to focus, this little bit here, when all of this is happening. We focus on how God is working in our lives now, or we focus on uh, just this little bit, instead of working on how we're going to see eternity and our relationship with God throughout eternity. That's a pretty good way of, of explaining it, I thought. Right? So that was, I made this big mess for 30 seconds of, right? But that's the best way that I've come across uh, uh, to show our point of view. We look at this little bit when there's this bigger picture, right? When I was in Bible college, I read a book uh, in my pastorals ministry course called The Great Dance. It's written by Baxter Kruger. He's a uh, theologian on the, specifically how the Trinity works uh, together. Uh, this book changed my perspective on how I see God and how I see my relationship with him. I was always focused on what Christ had done. I was focused on my sin. I was focused on how to get out of that. And it was just this back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I wasn't getting anywhere because I didn't see the bigger picture. I just focused on one thing. Uh, and we, tend, we spend a lot of our lives doing that. Um, but this, this, it made me realize what a poor image I had of my Christian faith. Uh, and it helped me learn a new way to read God's word and pursue a healthy, balanced relationship uh, with the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because we believe in that, right? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. His main, uh, his main theme throughout this book and in a couple other books that he's written is that um, uh, the perfect nature of the relationship between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Before he even made the world, before he made the stars, the heavens, uh, he, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit had this perfect relationship. Uh, they were in harmony. They were, uh, they, the love that they had was just so perfect. Uh, it was just a beautiful union, so good, and so perfect that God decided to share it with us. That is what it's all about. That's what this Bible is all about. That's why he created the world. And the cross was kind of a means to an end. We messed up, and something had to change in order for that plan to come back aligned. Um, have you all seen... Um, Marvel's Avengers Endgame movie. It's a bunch of... Uh, Michelle's the only Christian here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, but in, in that movie, I believe it's that movie, um, the Hulk or Bruce Banner uh, goes... They go back in time, and he's trying to get the stone from uh, the... What's... The, well, yeah, not from, well, from Thanos, but from the... Um, from one of the people, okay? And then they, they shoot this line across, just like this line, okay? And it shows uh, our path or the plan of existence or whatever. And when they took the stone from that part, it kind of created this side part. And then uh, from there, it kind of looked like lightning bolt, where it was just like another side part and another side part and another side part. And then eventually it gets back on track, and then there might be another... Uh, side path or side path. And our Christian walk is kind of like that. Um, God has this plan for us, and when we mess up, it kind of creates this other, uh, other way where God has to do something in our lives or we have to uh, trust God to, and allow him to get us back on track. Okay, We get off path, and then we have to use our compass to get back on path. Okay, And that happens all the time. Uh, day to day. We're always striving to stay on that straight and narrow, but it's hard. Life is hard. It's hard to keep your emotions in check. It's hard to do the right thing all the time. 
uh, it's hard to just trust in God sometimes. Uh, or am I the only one? Okay. I, my struggle in life has been hard. Like, it's just, it's just, it's different. And, um, and that's God's plan throughout. His plan from beginning to end is just to be in a relationship with us, to share in that beautiful union that he has uh, with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why Christ came. That's why he died. That's why he rose again. Uh, and that's why he sent the Holy Spirit. Right? You guys got to get more excited than that. Like, <laughs> from the beginning, we were created by God and for God to share in union with God. That was the whole purpose of the Garden of Eden. God walked with Adam. They talked. They spent days together. They named trees and fruit and animals together. It was a perfect relationship. And then we messed up. Uh, and that's okay. That's, that's all part of the plan. Well, it might not have been part of the plan, but it's just happened. And uh, I have uh, maybe the first quote that I have, Hannah. Yeah, okay, perfect. This is from a second book that he wrote uh, called Jesus and the Undoing of Adam. It says that it was not the fall of Adam, therefore, that set God's agenda. It was the, de the decision to share the great dance with us through Jesus. Adam's plunge certainly threatened God's dream for us, but that threat has been anticipated and already strategically overcome in the predestination of the incarnation. Jesus Christ did not become human to fix the fall. He became human to accomplish the eternal purpose of our adoption. And in order to bring our adoption to pass, the fall had to be called to a halt. Or the fall had to be called to a halt and undone. Jesus is not a footnote in Adam and his fall. The fall is indeed creation it's and indeed creation itself is a footnote to the purpose of God in Jesus Christ. If we look at our relationship with God like that, our perspective about life changes. If we focus just on the cross, we tend to only see what the cross accomplishes, which, of course, is wonderful. That's why they wrote the song, The Wonderful Cross, right? But the cross is not the only viewpoint of the Easter celebration we, uh, sorry. But if the cross is the only uh, viewpoint of the Easter celebration, we never really see the big picture and what God has uh, planned for us. Part of the downfall uh, is our focus on sin, and we make it about us instead of uh, and how we need to be redeemed for our wrongdoing. Uh, the next slide. It says, uh, justification has so dominated the landscape of Christian thought that adoption has been marginalized. We don't hear much about our adoption at all. We hear a lot about forgiveness, uh, but very little about the staggering reality of our inclusion in Jesus' relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This term adoption, he's referring to Romans 8, which is one of the most popular uh, chapters in the Bible. And it starts at four, verse 14. It says, For all are led by the Spirit of God and are sons and daughters of God. Uh, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, who, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. That verse in itself has different meaning for an orphan or for someone who comes from a broken home who didn't have a good father. 
uh, their perception, their perspective about that verse is different from mine. I actually didn't realize how common broken families are until uh, I got into ministry, until I was well into my adulthood, just because of my perception of my life. I had parents. They didn't leave. They were good parents. I was one of the lucky ones. So I have a hard time relating to people from broken homes. I just don't understand where they're coming from until I talk to them. And they change my point of view. My experience is different. And our perception is crucial to our relationship with others and God. The eternal purpose of the triune God is not to place us under the law and turn us into religious legalists. It is to include us in their relationship and give us a place in their shared life and fellowship and joy. That is good news. Because I'll tell you this, we can't do it any other way. I have some side notes here. What time am I at? Oh, I'm good. Lori's teaching downstairs. She said, I can go as long as I want. <laughs> There's no kids up here. So we're in it, folks. I'm actually doing quite well, I think. Uh, perspective. It has another meaning uh, in the art world uh, for drawing uh, and painting. It's, uh, it has to do with angles, alignments, uh, parallels, uh, points of view, like how the sun uh, casts shadows on things, or depending on where you stand determines what you're seeing, the angles and such. It has to do with where you're looking. And sometimes you just need to change your point of view. If you can't see Jesus, then you need to climb a tree like Nicodemus did. You know that story? John 3, I believe. Nicodemus, Jesus is coming by, Nicodemus couldn't see him, so he climbed a tree, and then he saw him, right? He changed his point of view. It was as simple as that. He knew that he needed to see Jesus, so he did something about it. It's just like, it's just a small little portion of scripture, but it has so much meaning when you really look at it. If Jesus isn't your, in your frame of mind as you live and breathe from day to day, you need to change the way you think and live and see life. Jesus is the way. It's called the renewing of the mind. That's also from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. I'll put it this way. It took you years to get to where you are right now. It took years uh, to get the education you have took years of, spurts of speaking a certain way, years of getting up uh, and having God as the last person of your mind, maybe. Uh, you may have years of negative influence from watching and reading the news or hanging around the wrong people. You may have years of addiction that, has, that happens like muscle memory because it's just there. You've, it's your experience. Years of living apart from God. And if it took years to learn those habits, how long do you think it's going to take to unlearn them and learn the right way that God has intended? I mean, have you read the Bible? <laughs> have you seen the people in it? Have you read about them? They did not have it all together. David was back and forth with the Lord. Jacob uh, stole <laughs> from his brother twice. <laughs> uh, the disciples lived with Jesus. They saw him face to face. They saw the miracles. They did all that stuff, and yet, when he died, they thought that was it. It took years and decades for most patriarchs of our faith to fulfill God's purpose for them. Nowadays, we think that we, everything should be done like that. Uh, and I'm guilty, just like everyone else. When I want something done, I need it done fast. Um, but God is just not like that. Uh, it could take 40 years for you to fulfill the plan that God has for you. And that's okay. You just need to be willing to wait. 
And waiting on the Lord is a good thing. You need to change your perspective. Don't get me wrong. God can flip a switch like that in you. It's called the anointing. It's called the Holy Spirit. Have you read about Paul? He killed Christians. And then in one moment, he flipped the switch and became all about love and uh, seeking out the Lord and helping people and healing people and teaching them the right way that the Lord, that God has, uh, that God has for us. We need to change our perspective. We can't just, he can't just be our savior. He's got to be our Lord too, right? God has a bigger picture for you. Let's shift gears here. We're going to get into uh, the video very shortly. But first, I'm going to read the passage that it comes from. Matthew 27, 62, if you all have your Bibles. If you don't, that's okay. It's going to be up on the screen. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that important... We remember how that imposter said, while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and that last fraud would be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, go, uh, you have a guard of soldiers. Excuse me. Go make... It as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. A guard of soldiers is, uh, well, the video says it's about 16. Uh, so it wasn't just two as most uh, children's stories <laughs> depict. Uh, now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, poor Mary, <laughs> the other Mary, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Uh, they went to see the tomb, like <laughs> forever, just known as the other Mary. Uh, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. I think they just fainted. Uh, but the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. And he said, come, uh, see the place where he lay. They go quickly and tell his then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there I will they will see me. And while they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the government's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now, what do we see here? We see the Pharisees are not being fair, you see. <laughs> that one's for Andy there. <laughs> Little dad joke. Their perception of who Jesus was, was in defense of their tradition. He was an imposter bent on heresy. And his followers were thieves and liars. They saw the Romans as the height of power and forced them, and so they and forced. So they went to have them reinforce the tomb with guards and have the full weight of the Roman seal placed on it. Even after that, the guards 
even after what the guards had told them, instead of changing their point of view about the reality of Jesus uh, and his resurrection, they devised another plot to cover it up and just throw money at it, hoping it would disappear. And to be honest, it's not their fault. Uh, they just couldn't see the big picture. Same with the disciples. The Holy Spirit actually kept them from seeing the big picture because it wasn't their time to know it. Let's see this video about the man who, was pla who has placed the seal on the stone and hear his side of the story. I've said it, I'll say it again. His disciples stole his body. It's that simple. You don't have to believe it. They just did what they had to do to support their myth. Except... The idea of them taking the body is almost as ludicrous as what actually happened. Okay. You see this? This is a Roman seal. Now, it may not mean much to you, but when I use this to seal anything, whether it is a letter, a deed of property, or a, or a tomb, it means everything. Whatever has this seal on it is under the supreme authority of the entire Roman government. So, these religious leaders who had this guy, who had Jesus executed, they were just convinced that his followers were going to steal his body and try to convince people that he resurrected from the dead. So they demanded that Pilate seal the tomb. And that's where I come in. So I sealed it with the full weight of Caesar himself. Then there's 16 of us standing arms length apart surrounding the tomb, right? And so this idea that we dozed off and they stole the body. Huh. Do you know what happens to a soldier who falls asleep at his post? Best case scenario, he is beaten, burned. In all actuality, what would have happened is all 16 of us would have been executed. So no, as the story goes, we did not fall asleep and they did not steal the body. But, I was paid good money to tell that story. How am I doing so far? You want to know something that is crazier than that story? That morning, the earth began to shake under our feet. And then, this enormous being appeared. It doesn't matter how hard I try, I can't, I can't do it justice. All you need to know is this. When I looked inside that tomb, that man who I'd seen executed in the most brutal crucifixion I'd ever witnessed is gone. So why are the 16 of us still alive? I'm telling you the real story. The truth is, wasn't just gone. He was alive. He is alive. He's alive. That that statement has different meaning for us than it did for him. Because we know we can see it. We know the bigger picture. Death has been defeated. The grave has no claim. The stone's been rolled away. When they thought it was final, Jesus 
said, no way. That rhymed. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> well, uh, when the whole power of the Roman seal was placed on Jesus, he said, no way. When Satan thought he'd won, Jesus said, guess again. What a great depiction of this passage. It seems like such an arbitrary passage in Scripture, but they made it seem like it had, well, they showed that it had great meaning. In that moment, his perspective of who Jesus was changed. Something he knew to be impossible happened, uh, and he was astonished. Can I get the worship team back up? He was alive. As the events move on, he will continue to change his point of view about Jesus. And over 2,000 years later, what has been perceived about Jesus has grown and changed to the point where we wait in expectation for Jesus to return again. We need to see the whole picture, people. God, would you give us revelation? Reveal us Reveal to us our place in all of this. Help us see the plans you have for us, plans of hope and a future. Father, we desire the relationship you offer. Jesus, teach us the way. Holy Spirit, give us strength and perseverance to keep our eyes on you. We want to see you. We want to see your glory to be your children. We want to share in what you have for us. And we want to give you all the praise that we can breathe out. The life that God live, lives as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is not boring and sad and lonely. There is no emptiness in this circle. No depression or fear or angst life of the Trinity is a life of unchained fellowship and intimacy, fired by passion, self-giving love and mutual delight, such love given, giving rise to such togetherness and fellowship overflows in unbounded joy, in infinite creativity and unimaginable goodness. The gospel begins here with this God and with this divine life, for there is no other. Before time dawned and space was called to be, before the heavens were stretched out and, the fi and filled the sea of stars, before the earth was summoned and filled with people and life and endless beauty, before there was anything, there was the Father, Son, and Spirit and the great dance of the Trinitarian life. The amazing truth is that this triune God, in staggering and unlavish love, and, and lavish love, sorry, determined to open the circle and share life with others. This is the one eternal and abiding reason for the existence of the universe and human life within it. There is no other God other will of God, no second plan, no hidden agenda for human beings. From the beginning, God is Father, Son, and Spirit. And from the beginning, this God has determined not to exist without us. think of us, that he would give us a thought, knowing what would happen. We can't fool God. He knew exactly what was going to happen, and he knew the exact way out of it. He was just determined to share such a beautiful existence with you. Sometimes we just forget that. 
we look at that small little section pressure of one day it's hard to see the big picture all the time don't lose focus of God begin to build that relationship daily spend time in prayer communion with him let the spirit of God fill you that he has a plan, that he hasn't forgotten you, that you were made for a reason. Holy Spirit, let that be buried deep in our soul so that in times of trouble, in times of heartache, when we feel like God isn't there or life just gets unbearable, have the sense of peace that exists within the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We give you glory today, God. You're so worthy of praise. Let us not go a day without giving you glory. You've been so good and will be so good to us.